You're listening to the ABC Music Talk podcast, a show for those interested in the music industry. This episode takes a look at a new initiative from My Runway Group, which is a youth and creative development organisation, which is very much the grassroots of the industry. But first, a reminder to go rotor your videos. Rota is for artists, managers, labels, or anyone in the music industry who needs to create video content for promotion or monetization. Rota makes it fast, easy, and inexpensive to do all of that in one place. Head to www.abcmusic.co and click the Rota logo on the homepage to access a 10% off discount for the service. Uh, talking to us today is Kojo, founder and director of My Runway Group. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Alex. No, thank you, thank you for, uh, well, first of all, you've organized the space uh, for this interview, which I'm yeah. thoroughly grateful for. <laughs> um, you also get to have the, the wonderful honor of being my very first guest on the show using the new equipment wow. in, in person, <laughs> right? So we are. I, I feel very honoured. Yeah, well, we're sort of preempting the sort of re- relaxation around the, the you know the COVID nineteen sort of, of you know things course, to yeah. uh, to do this. Uh, so it's really <laughs> wonderful. But we are keeping one meter apart because that is what our prime minister said we should do, and he's obviously a genius. <laughs> As with all my guests, what I always ask them to do is give the, give give me your origin story how did you get to where you are today and also if you could also just just very very briefly talk about the the company that you started sure um i was born and raised in ghana to a very christian family in accra um i went to very good private schools uh, i went to a secondary school the same one that kofi annan did uh, former u.n secretary general oh, wow. um and then i because I was a boarding school after my parents and my fa- my family had moved to England, but I wasn't too keen on coming to London. So I finished boarding school till I was about, I just turned 18. And then I joined my family um, in England. Um, and I went to Barnet College to study um, maths, physics and ICT. Um, just because I'd done applied electricity science um, the years before in secondary school. Um, then I went to Coventry University to study aerospace engineering. Um, what? Which is what I graduated I feel, I, I feel a bit silly right now I'll be honest with you I'm sitting here with a rocket scientist or something but the dream was to become a pilot so I had very bad advice from one of my um, college lecturers that I'll do aerospace engineering or do um, um, aeronautical science or aviation management then you become a pilot but then when I started doing aerospace engineering and then I took another model called um, PPL so private pilot line so it's um, there's a special arrangement with Coventry University and the Coventry airport I just realized that everyone there had not done anything that I was doing and literally they are retiring as a pilot so that means they lived their lives their youthful lives however they wanted to be and then now they want to retire as a pilot so around that same time I was doing a lot of creative events I was producing fashion shows comedy shows and also um, end of year balls and I had interest in that so I thought you know I don't really have to pay attention to this engineering thing I can do what I'm doing now which is like my creative skills I was having fun with and then eventually end up as a pilot whenever I want and then join this class in like 20 years time or 30 years time so that was more of my transition into the creative industry because um, another side of it was I, I couldn't I didn't qualify for government loans or anything of that sort so I had to kind of it was more survival and I had to find money to stay in uni and then throwing these parties and creative events and also giving people an opportunity is what kind of kept my pocket full to pay my fees and my rent um, and then it was more for like 
you're doing that for business and then also giving people opportunities because a lot of students need an opportunity in being a part of a creative project or getting a better portfolio for um, when they leave university or just getting opportunity commercial opportunity for their talent in general and then I had a platform or some sort of an organization at that time that was giving these opportunities um, the university took it very keenly um, started giving me some sort of funding and support um, and then I just turned into a business that I scaled up when I finished so that's currently what my runway group is and the genesis was probably something that started off in university okay you win that is the most interesting journey <laughs> into the music industry i've ever heard wow i actually didn't know anything about that that area uh, which, which i said that earlier okay. yeah no, that's, that's amazing really really fascinating uh, I, I always i always enjoy learning how people sort of you know decide right. that yes the music industry is for me um but uh, amazing but of course as we'll learn it's not just the music for you is it of course it's, it's yeah. a bunch of other stuff so, yeah. um, but that's what that's what we get to. Okay, so now, uh, so my runway group. Um, right. Perhaps give us the the, the the kind of the history to that as well, like as in sort of you know yeah. h- how long has it been going and that type of thing. So this year is our seventh year. Wow. Um, started off originally in Coventry, and again the the idea was to have a sort of a platform that everyone can tap into a youth empowerment organization a platform to develop creative skills in general because when i was doing events um you have a lot of people say can i be a part of it or it will really help my portfolio it will really help my project but i didn't have the space or capacity to take everyone on so i thought i kind of evolved this into some sort of platform that regardless of what you wanted to do there is something for you to do here um obviously if you're just producing an event you might be restricted the type of people to take on but if you have a full-on platform or some sort of youth organization then even if you're looking to be an artist then we, you, we can put you on stage and you, you know you can have your first audience engagement experience or even if you want to be a makeup artist you can be part of our wider team that produces um, creative productions like fashion shows and all sorts so that was like the very first time this bespoke organization that we created was given opportunity to literally anyone that wanted to do anything anything and it was very unique at that time and that's what's evolved into what we're doing now yeah because the scope is quite broad isn't it it's like this is it, it can go anywhere yeah. and i think that is one of the um advantages it's, it's a gift and a curse um <laughs> the, the the pros is more you can do what you want which yeah. is exciting your core cool. every young person want to not have ceilings to what they want to do right yeah. and then the other side is people asking what do you really do because yeah. it's just a lot of other things but as we've evolved, we the vision has become clearer. We now know exactly how we want um, to grow and the type of people that we really want to help, mm-hmm. and 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 that has made us um, determine the type of initiatives and projects that we roll out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's talk about some of uh, you know the, the kind of like the different initiatives that you've got running here. So, mm. um, youth development, and in fact, you have. Um, You've quite an interesting sort of definition of, of youth, don't you? Because it's, yeah. not, it's not just about age, which, which I enjoy, <laughs> being, being an old man. Right, right. So tell me a little bit about the, your youth development project. Yeah, so we realised that when we were trying to either pitch for funding or have conversations with um, other organisations that had the money, um, it was more of what's the age bracket, who are you dealing with? And I, we realised that it was more to tick boxes for, for these guys, but then... On the, on the ground, we're experiencing people that feel pressured and say, 
oh, I'm, I'm almost 30, I've never been to university, or I'm always 30, I don't know whether I'm too old to try these things. And we felt these lot were missing out on experiences because someone in an office wants to take a box up with between 18 to 25 or between 16 to 25. But then what about a 26-year-old or 27-year-old? So our concept is um, youth is who you are, youth is how you feel, and youth is what you do. So if you feel youthful, if you do things that are youthful, if you believe in yourself that you still you know are youthful then you are our target audience so it doesn't matter if you're 46 um or 38 um if wait you, are you trying to guess how old i am because <laughs> you, you, yeah, well, you, you went sort of quite wide of the mark there on both sides but uh, ultimately very accurate well i i feel very youthful you, now you look you look very young i think yeah say. you're also a brilliant poker player i bet as well <laughs> oh wow yeah well done i didn't know that <laughs> Uh, awesome. Okay, so um, so some of the events that you've been doing in youth development. So can you tell me a little bit about uh, Run This Town? Sure. Um, again, the history behind Run This Town is that we realise a lot of young people, especially from the BAME backgrounds or minorities or um, underrepresented backgrounds, don't have access to senior professionals. They probably just see people on TV from, like, let's say, fashion shows or music concerts, and they don't really get to... Um, um, hear their creative journeys and be inspired and we believe that one thing that's lacking in our community is access so what Run This Town does is bridge the gap between senior professionals and emerging creatives so we can have a, a very intimate conversation and you can ask some of the questions that mainstream media wouldn't even ask them and because people can relate to these um, um, creative journeys and issues that they've been through and where they've come from um, it, it's easier to inspire young people that way as opposed to um, probably let's say um, like a mainstream approach so run this town is a live talk so I'm sure that normally happens in like members clubs um, that has that w we open up to younger people from different backgrounds to come and hear people like Oswald Boateng or Reggie Yates or Trevor Nelson Demio Barota, Glenn Aikens and all of these stuff, um, to just share their stories and how they got to where they got to you know some of these people don't have um, biographies or books and whatnot, and they've never really told your story mm -hmm. you know so we look at them like oh they're doing well on the Instagram or they just go in OBE but we don't know how they got there right, so what right, Randis right. Town does is kind of opens up what they had to go through and I remember even um, Trevor Nelson saying how Kiss FM stayed in his girlfriend's bedroom you know and <laughs> really right yeah I, 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 uh, when I first started the industry I did a compilation album with Trevor oh uh, cool so I, I don't know him but I, I worked with him briefly right, but, yeah, and I yeah. never heard that story very That's interesting person yeah. and, and he had so much to say like we spoke for like three hours and I was like the longest bit we've ever done and he, and we didn't even scratch the surface he just had so much to say from everyone in the music industry and how people especially the generation now feel entitled to people's attention and you know co-sign and whatnot like you really have to graft like in our time you have to put the work in you have to carry the crates or the cds and all the records like it's missing now because there's a lot of like direct consumer and you can do stuff in your bedroom and it's all gone now so people are missing out on the real ethic and then what randestown does is makes you 
remember that this, for you to have any sort of longevity like these guys that we're interviewing you really need to be able to put the work in and then sometimes you know you might be going through something they went through 25 years ago and this is how they went about it and possibly if you listen to what how they did it you probably be able to do it as well so we believe people go through things so people don't have to go through it and then it's, 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 it's really working for well, us it's, it's interesting because i mean that's pretty much the reason why i do this podcast where mm. i do it. it you know that i i learned because people spent the time with me yeah and they, they told me their stories and they told me the things that affected their careers and right. how they got around them or you know and so yeah it was very interesting um and so I, i'm curious so the, the people that are attending uh, these events mm. where do, how do you how do you sort of get to them how do you find them are you, are you working with other kind of youth groups and that type of thing um so we have a very strong what we call tribe um, we've built that over a seven-year period. So very credible database and list oh, of younger people, um, people that have youthful, that really um, in, um, interested or engage in the activities and initiatives that we roll out. Um, so we use social media a lot. We have a, a great like database on our mailing list as well to reach the right type of people. And then word of mouth recommendation has been like the greatest tool for us in terms of marketing. We've never really had like a paid marketing budget it's literally people just know the quality of content that we roll out or the um, quality of events that we curate um, and then what they get from it so they bring their friends and their friends bring their friends and then collectively we grow this tribe so our marketing has always been very organic um, wow. and people just engaging with what we put out well i mean i guess that's how that audience you know experiences media themselves of course. Yeah, yeah so, so yeah. they're, they're yeah. Them. So, and actually because you, you you have a you have a, a pretty high profile set of like backers don't you as well um we've been privileged but it's been yeah. hard work of again course, yeah, um yeah. we didn't start off with any co-sign or any partnership yeah. um i think it took us about four years before we ever did any partnership with anyone um just because you just have to prove yourself and they've been around for years and they want to make sure that you know this is we want to make sure this is mutually um, um, beneficial and then also organic not just because it's a big name it has to make sense to what we stand for as a, as a brand and an organization and then also it makes sense for the audience that we're here to cater for or cater to so um we've been privileged to work with um english national opera the eno um we suggested to them that it's about time you diversify your audience mm -hmm. and it's not just we roll out like this questionnaire and survey right and we ask people would you want to go to an opera and then like 95 percent is like no no yeah. no so the next question is pretty much like why and it's like have you like you've never been so they say no, it's not because, it's only because of their perception of what opera is. They actually haven't been in to experience it. They just probably seen, oh, on TV. Or, that's, that's quite good. And that's about <laughs> it. So we came up with this initiative called um, My First Opera Experience um, for people from our background or um, mm -hmm. um, in our community to be able to just go and experience opera mm -hmm. for the first time. And then we've done stuff with um, BFI, the British Film Institute, mm -hmm. um, um, we had this initiative called the youth will be televised so basically using young outstanding young people in in the film industry um, to tell their stories and have a networking session and also inspire the next generation of film enthusiasts or creatives in general and then we've worked with bpi a lot um to run music industry nights or behind the lens and stuff like that so again you um in the music industry one of the things that we realized that sometimes run this town is an effective way to communicate however when you put younger people on a panel 
it makes the other younger people feel like, yo, I don't have time. This guy's doing this. He just signed Jay House. He did that when he's 23. I'm 21. Mm -hmm. That means I can do this. I don't have to wait till I'm 44 or, or 22 or whatever my, the age is. So we, 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 we mess around with all of these kind of um, um, different elements and then get the right partnerships with the city of culture or BPI or BFI or, or whoever that we, um, um, as an organization, we partner with. Yeah, brilliant. That's, it's, a, it's, it's great that you're able to sort of tap into some of those professional mm. organisations um, because it does sort of help, I think, with the, the, the context. Of course, yeah. As much as anything else. Um, and so another one that I was looking at, the Pursuing Fame sure. uh, Employability Development Sessions. I mean, that, yeah. that sounds excellent. Yeah, with Pursuing Fame, um, fame stands for fashion, art, music and events. Mm -hmm. And this is what a lot of people from our community are pursuing. Yeah, sure. Right, so... Um, we again we pitched it to Goldman Sachs. They don't do anything creative. They all they care about the numbers and finance and investment. But it's a very beautiful um, 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 what you call it merge between like an investment firm and then a creative organization. So what we do is we come we come up with the speakers and create a session where the speakers will have like roundtable discussions. Um, so we have like a very outstanding person in fashion someone from art, someone from music, someone from the event industry. Um, and then they come with the employability skills because that's what they're great at. So how to get ready for an interview, the kind of questions and also your cover letters and your pitch and your 60 second stuff and all of that. So it's like we don't just want to inspire young people, but we also want to equip them with the right employability skill set so they, they are employable. You know, they know how to move and carry themselves and have conversations and meetings and interviews and you know for every every part of their life that that session might have been ignored that is what pursuing fame really does yeah fascinating and so does that tie into the creative agency yeah, the um, yeah. so the creative agency which is called the runners mm. um literally came about because we started doing a lot of cool stuff so then we get approached by other brands organizations people to do stuff for them but then we didn't have the capacity in terms of team to take everything on so what we did is now create an in-house creative agency uh, develop one um, called the runners which now gives opportunity to other creators that always wanted to work with us to now work on projects that we have now commissioned them to do that way they get a lot of exposure because of these some of these projects are very high profile and then also um, they get money in their pockets so that they start believing in their, what they can do and then it's great for their portfolio and whatnot to pitch for like a bigger um, commission on their own so the runners is one of like our fastest growing arms which is really impressive when I saw that I thought that's, that's perfect you know Thank you. I mean that's that's just uh, that's the bit that often gets missed <laughs> yeah. um, especially the bit where you put money in somebody's pocket okay so and events are a big kind of part of it we talked about it sure. a little bit uh, so a time to share homeless shelter donations yeah so we we pretty much have Branson have Gandhi so that's like our mantra. So the business part of it is important because it keeps us rolling. But we have a heart for our community. Um, and we also want to develop leaders that really care about their community. So young people um, with our community initiative called A Time to Share, we make sure that we have um, 
homeless donations and um, giving up food and clothing items. But then when a, a young person says, or someone youthful says, I, I got nothing to give. But then sometimes we'll say, you, you probably have your time to share. You know, so if, when you come around with us and then we go to these Sin Mango shelters and just um, spend time with people, take a chef down there, give them gifts, send cakes and all of that kind of stuff, just so they feel a part of the community as well. And then by doing so, um, they, the younger people also feel like, you know what, it's not just about probably chasing money or getting a good job. It's about being a better person for your community as well. So that I saw give back um, to the wider community, especially for those that are less privileged and are, don't have what we have or the luxury of time and, and people and engagement and, and, and all of that kind of stuff that we take for granted. What I like about almost all of the initiatives are that they're, they're, they're really quite simple in, in mm. some respects, right? Yeah, but yeah. but you, you just had to sort of take the time to think about them of course and then actually go and execute on that yeah and actually piece it, it together yeah and, but the impact is 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 as you as you're explaining it yeah. I, I can imagine the sort of people that benefit from what you're of doing course. yeah, are, yeah. It, you know it's just such a brand new thing and it's so meaningful to yeah them. yeah yeah no it's I, I i love everything that you're doing oh it's thanks for fantastic. that Alex. i appreciate it well and, and also you know being uh you know a super smart individual you've also uh developed uh, your own ticketing system uh revo tickets yeah to, to, how did that come about so we I think we had an issue with one of our ticketing. <laughs> All the good ideas start with a problem to solve. All of it start with yeah. a problem. And I think that's great. Yeah, like, we, we've never set out to create a ticketing platform. But, like, Eventbrite works fine, right? Well. <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, then we had just one issue with, like, a big event that we pulled out at the O2. Just had thousands of people roll out. Just had a ticketing problem. So I just thought it would be, we roll out so many events. It would be good for us to have our own ticketing um, platform just for us. So, came up with like the concept of Revo just literally for my runway group events then we had a lot of like inquiries like oh can we use your ticketing platform can we use this and then I thought there is a problem here and it's not just a ticketing problem it's also the fact that emerging creatives have no support at all so they use Eventbrite or anything else just don't want a name job um just for functionality so it works but it doesn't give you any marketing value they don't promote your event for you they don't connect you with the right audience it's just for functionality purposes so what Revo um, allows us to do is to have a platform where different people that are in the same community that are producing similar creative events can now host the events there then we share a community of creators so if Alex is produ- having a live podcast um, and it's expecting about 100 Ooh, wait, people wait 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 have, have you just come up with something new for me. Uh, we're, we're happy to produce that for you. Live, live, live podcast. Is, is the world ready? That's why I'm not sure. Sorry. Yeah, and then there's about, let's say, 100 people coming on the website to check out and buy a ticket. Then let's say I have a run this town and we're looking about, let's say, 500 people. Now there is 600 people between us two that have now seen both events. So you are literally feeding the um, your content and your event or whatever you're creating to the right audience. So that means a lot more people are going to see you. It helps with your visibility. And then you're very much likely to now sell a lot of tickets. But we also go a step further to do free marketing through our mailing list, through our socials, and then monthly do semin- um, webinars um, for people that want to learn how to do events, how to do marketing, how to even um, approach people People to be a part of their team or to do um, panelist conversations and whatnot. 
So that is where the support that Abrivo comes in. So it's not just a random ticketing website that you can use. It's just more about the support that it gives you, especially for an emerging um, creative event producer. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting to see how ideas like artistic ticketing yeah. system can then be applied very specifically to a particular industry. Of course. I, 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 yeah. I like watching those things evolve. No, thanks. Man. Yeah, I appreciate that's it. cool, man. That's really cool. Well, and, and as this is a music industry-related podcast, sure. um, can we talk about, um, I'm going to butcher this, <laughs> Getz Abition. Sure. Um, yeah. Getz. So, we've yeah, we've done some cool music productions, um, but with Getz, we came in as a crave agency, um, so he was launching um ghetto gospel 2 i think two years ago a year and a half ago um really cool project if you haven't listened to it go check it out i really like the album um and then he's just shot like a couple artworks and he thought it would be good for uh, to present the album in a in a different type of way as opposed to the usual album listening and whatnot so get submission was literally Gets having an exhibition, come together to get submission, and that was really really. Cool. I love that by the way. <laughs> how, how long did it take to come up with that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it was really cool. So a good friend of mine, Jonathan, Jonathan Badia, is a very great guy. Um, he's their mutual friend, and then um, he introduced me to Gets, and then got me involved in the whole project. We just sat in Shoreditch and they spoke about how cool this could be if we had like different things um, that kind of sums up where he's grown up to be and then um, his creative journey in general by using visuals and artworks and and that is what like we reproduce and he got interviewed by Akala which was really profound um, and he had a live um, session through um, Spotify as well um, and that same night is when the album went live which is really cool yeah, really. and on the music side we do also have um, um, a music night called um, Soul Clinic it's currently we, we curate it at um, Soho House in um, White City. So it's again an, like a midweek chilled um, audience engaging type of um, experience for uh, emerging artists um, to kind of connect with new audiences as well and then test out new music, but really quality stuff. Um, and we, I think because of Corona, we've had to put it on the whole. Well, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, and so have you, have you managed to convert much of this sort of online because of the, the pandemic? A hundred percent, because we were very more physical event um, oriented. Um, and then we got to a point where that's like BC, that's before Corona, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Did you coin that or did I? Because we were talking about this before we started. I don't started know who recording. did, but yeah. it was just the coolest thing. I'm just going to start using it. Uh, yeah, I, I, okay. All right, that's both of us. Um, so, any, any royalties? 50, yeah, 50, yeah, 50 yeah. 50 on that. <laughs> so, this is like BC. Uh, we were literally just doing a lot of physical event. Um, but now, with Corona happened, it's also given us an opportunity to not restrict our audience into a footfall or, or, or physical space. So, now we've moved most of our initiatives online. Um, so for anything that would showcase um, youth talent, we now have like a campaign with the Arts Council to produce just several campaigns like and Youth We Trust, Women of the Creative World, um, Words of Wonder. All of these things are online campaigns. And then we're looking to do Creative Industry Night. Um, one of the, that's what I discussed with you, the music one and possibly um, to just have a different uh, um, audience from different parts of the world now um, experience their my runway um, um, experience, if I can say that. Yeah, that's brilliant. And so just before we... I forgot to introduce the, the whole point of this this episode, <laughs> which is uh, the current affairs, because you've got a, a project on at the moment, Home sure. is Where the Art Is. But yeah. just before we do that, um, 
I know that there's uh, a little bit about your plans to expand this. Sure. Can you yeah. t- tell us about your aspirations? Yeah, um, I think we've tested the model in like the Midlands, we've tested in Greater London, and it works. And we've done stuff in um, Ghana with British Council, but then we just feel like youth is worldwide. Um, a lot of people feel youthful everywhere. So we really want to do stuff in Europe, um, and then in America, and then um, and then in West Africa as well, and then, and, and, and possibly South Africa. So that is where our growth in the next two years is going to look like and be able to replicate these models that we've tested and know works and have good um, responses and feedback in in different places where young people still need um, exposure or inspiration or engagement in general so we're going to be doing a lot of stuff in Europe um, later this year or 2021 um, and then also back in West Africa to just continue the homecoming initiative that we started last year yeah brilliant brilliant i love that i love that i love the fact that you've you've been sort of thinking about it as something that that could just work almost anywhere right? yeah, yeah 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 why not okay so let's get on to home is where the art is mm-hmm. so this is a partnership with the arts council and the tate gallery yeah um, yeah tell me about it What's so going on? originally i created home is where the art is to be like a visual um interview of like going to let's say swiss beats house and then he shows you his art art so like home is where the art is but then he goes through like a gallery of the art he's like calls and all like these cool content that he's kind of put together for his for himself then you might go to like a jay-z uh, if you're lucky <laughs> and then he shows you all of this basket stuff that he has i, Which, I imagine you, you just pop around to jay-z's for dinner yeah is, 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 that, is that how you're lighting whatever it is this is like the things that go through my head and, and i feel like it's gonna happen one day you know and, oh, you, you put it out there in the ether now right yeah right i, I mean i'm sure jay-z listens to this podcast oh yeah i'm sure yeah, he so, does so yeah. after this you'll get you'll get an invite don't worry <laughs> but then again um we don't know how long that would take um and what who we can partner with so i just thought look there is a lot going on now um obviously galleries are closed and however a lot of artists are still creating content now what we want to do is to again solve an issue here because a lot of young people are feeling the need to learn a new skill be part of something because they're just at home not doing much but also people forgotten this is a perfect time to just be still and reflect and and have more clarity about what you really want to do so what home is where the art is is actually an online art therapy session where you can now tune in and then watch art being painted by an emerging creative um, artist and then he gets interviewed by a therapist as well so then if you have any questions you can just um pop it in and then the therapist can also respond to yours and stuff like that so we just want people to be able to not feel like there's a pressure for you to create a new business model because corona is giving the opportunity or or be overly productive but it's also a time for people to probably look back at the last two three years of their lives and then now plan ahead and say okay this is what i want to do but just have a chilled session you know there's too much going on go online and content wise there's just a lot being produced but you just need to be relaxed um and in your comfort of your house and then you and allow art to basically be your your awesome or perfect therapy so we're looking forward to that and it's a great partnership with Tate Gallery um, and we're waiting for the final brief so we know when to roll it out. I had some notes it was a, a live painting and, and viewing to highlight other artists the Q&A sure. and things like yeah. that. 
Yeah, so again, we're, we're not just solving an issue, but we're creative awareness about other people's skill sets mm. and talent. So there's a lot of creatives in Midlands and the northern parts of England. And now we've been given the green light to extend it to Europe and Africa, which is really cool. So people now find out about a lot more artists and increases their visibility, hence for their commercial um, value as well. And then on the other side, or where the community or heart for the community is, is basically helping people to relax um, and then um, it's going to be on a Sunday afternoon, um, especially for the week ahead of them. So that is basically what we're trying to do is highlight a lot more creatives and also solve an issue with being overproductive in the community. Yeah, brilliant, 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 brilliant. Okay, so what's your favourite bit of all this? Like, do you have a favourite bit? Um, I think it keeps changing, but the one thing that I think has been very consistent is, is just accepting that, you know, your paycheck is not always financial. So the fact that different people constantly remind you that thank you for this opportunity or someone's parent can say there's the first time my daughter or my son has been involved in anything that seems productive or you just get a random email or different people asking for references for jobs and or people say thank you i got the job and they really like what i did with my runway group during my internship period or when my part-time period so it just keeps happening and it makes you feel like you're doing something great. So that has been the fuel or the passion that, that kind of drives this because it's hard. You know, you're dealing with people trying to discredit it or people not feeling that you're good enough to produce at this level. And it's a lot of things that come your way, but the, the constant reminder from people when they're grateful is literally what keeps, you, keeps me going um, to just do more or, or ex- expand this to different areas too. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, you actually sort of answered my, my final question. Um, <laughs> what does all this mean to you? And you, you've articulated that very well. Thank you. Uh, wonderful. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I really I'm, enjoyed I'm gonna this. I'm going to pull out some links and put them in the show notes so people can uh, Oh, that. appreciate that. I guess a good starting point is things like Instagram, of at, course. at My yeah. Runway Group. So we're lucky to have a consistent brand across board. Yeah, so very lucky. My, <laughs> yeah, so we, we you can find us on My Runway Group um, on Twitter, Facebook, Dots, LinkedIn, um, yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And the website is myrunwaygroup.com as well. There you go. Brilliant stuff. Okay, well, thank you again for coming Thanks on. for having me, Alex. Appreciate it. Okay, so, uh, so to my listeners, uh, thank you for listening. I welcome all feedback, comments, and suggestions for future shows. Uh, my Twitter handle and Instagram handle is at Alex Branson. Or head to the website, which is www.abcmusic.co, and you'll find a contacts page there where you can send me an email from. Thank you very much. Thank you.